I mean, I definitely miss it. I definitely miss the adventure, kind of the random, uncertain, uncertain moments in terms of where I was going to be, where I was going to end up, because I didn't know what exactly, what country was next, or when I was going to leave. I mean, it was probably the best, as so assumed, and was told the most magical place I'd been. I mean, yeah, Egypt was very magical, but unexpectedly was Istanbul, Turkey, a very magical place. So leaving Santorini, Greece, I packed up my bags on February 17th after two weeks on a city at a cliff. That is Santorini, Thera, Thera. And the, you know, flight was leaving in the morning. I was like one of two people at the airport in Santorini. Just feeling very satisfied. Like I mentioned, I was very content, very fulfilled at what I had kind of seen and did on a more adventurous and self-fulfilling in terms of what a writer would want to do in a very quiet, quiet off-season time on an island like Santorini, Greece. So if you do want to go to a quiet island where it's peaceful, quiet, and kind of a sense of solitude, Santorini, Greece, between, I would say, I guess it's October to March. Their on-season begins April. Leaving Santorini was somewhat exciting because what was following was the part of this journey, the part of travel, but that hadn't really been mapped out so much with clarity as it was just let's go with the flow, which I'll explain later was not entirely the best decision. However, I'll explain that later. So I get a nice taxi ride to the airport and it's a pretty empty airport and fly into Athens. And I think I have about an eight hour layover in Athens, Greece. The After the layover, I'm flying one of these low cost airlines and there's kind of this feeling I get and I, I, I'm just going to kind of tell you this story because the feeling is more of a emotion that there, is, there aren't too many words I can attach to the experience of this feeling or this emotion but as I'm approaching the check-in counter to check in my bags I have a, one large black luggage and then a smaller one that typically I would carry on but I put the luggages on the way counter at the check-in and the lady says you know, this is too heavy. You're going to have to pay an extra, I think it was about a 100 euros. And that's exactly what I, I did. I was like, whatever. I was a little frustrated because I thought it was kind of ridiculous. For It was like an extra two or three kilograms, which is, I think, maybe 15 pounds. I, I'm not really sure. I, I might have totally, I just assumed that weight conversion from pounds to kilograms. But I had to actually go to the other side of the airport to pay because you can't pay at the counter. 
So then I put my other luggage on top and she's like, okay, you're gonna have to pay another, like, I don't know, 70 euros or pounds, whatever. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Why didn't you just do that at the first place? So I was a little frustrated at this extra 100 and something pounds or euros I had to pay for this extra kilograms. And considering, again, I mapped out this part of the trip just based off purely assumption and ticket cost. So I'm flying this cheap, low-cost airline, Pegasus, and they're charging me all this money for my bags. And I'm like, whatever. This is just like, you know, another part of the trip where I have to just be grateful that I get to continue on on this journey. So I kind of subside my frustration. And on the left of me is this little boy. He's staring at me. And this is after I paid all the money, so I'm kind of a little bit drained and like, damn, I just spent more money that I didn't quite have budgeted or didn't plan to because to me I'd paid everything that or at least I'd looked into all the costs I would be paying out but whatever I'm over it I'm over it because for one like I mentioned there's a little boy next to me I don't know his race I don't know his nationality but he's looking at me and he's definitely not American I'm in Greece so he could be Greece for all I know but for the most part he's noticing me up obviously I'm frustrated and He, you know, says hi to me. He goes, hey, boy, what's up? I'm like, hey, what's up, man? So long story short, I move on to the check-in counter or move past security and we go through all the processes. And I see the boy with his family again at the gate or near this uh, cafeteria area where there's food near the gate. And he goes, hey, it's you, my boy, what's up? I'm like, hey, what's up? So I say what's up to him. And at this point, you know, I'm kind of noticing that people are noticing me. And this is how I mostly feel. Like I'm usually very much in my head. I'm very self-conscious about people noticing tall, dark, and handsome, especially with big hair, dreads, and grease. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm one in 1,000, maybe one in 2,000, maybe even less, that of this sea of people, I stand out. And this boy is making it, obvious and i'm kind of appreciative of it because at least he can say hi most people just stare because again this is a part of the trip where i'm starting to notice a lot of people staring at me because we're getting further on the other side of the planet where there's less and less people like me who aren't like me so past the food place after i eat my salad i go to the gate getting ready to board waiting for my zone to be called the boy and his family happened to be sitting right behind me and he comes up to me this time and he goes hey i'm just curious i have to ask you and i'm very sorry to interrupt you but are you american and i go yeah i am he's like oh my god oh my god you're american and he's like totally blown away like almost starstruck that i'm american so he's asking me all these questions like do you play soccer do you play football do you play basketball and i, I tell him like no, I'm, I'm a writer. And he's like, whoa, wow, what, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm just traveling and writing. I'm traveling and adventuring. He's like, oh my gosh, I, I love so much. And he was telling me about how he likes America, how he appreciates America. And he's from Iran. And they don't really have, you know, I guess what I've seen of America is up to tick, off TikTok and off YouTube. 
And what he knows about it is quite different from what we might think they think of America because apparently their algorithm in YouTube and TikTok is quite different. So whatever he meant by that, I, I got it the way he had explained it. But when we got on the plane, I, I visibly noticed him kind of looking back at me. He was sitting further ahead. And, you know, when I first got onto this airplane, Pegasus, I was quite irritated because the seats are very small. Hence the low cost airlines, they kind of bunched the seats together. But we were able to move, me and this guy named Alfredo, who was sitting next to the left of me, we were a little, we were taller, and I guess the flight attendants had noticed it, so he said, so they had moved us to the exit row seats, which was obviously a lot more leg space. And the guy, Alfredo, who I got to move with to the exit row aisle or exit row seats, was asking me, you know, who are you? What do you do? And I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm nobody, I'm a writer, but. I'm traveling to Istanbul to just explore and, you know, be there for a weekend because at this point I'm going to Istanbul for the weekend. I think it was Thursday or Friday and I'm leaving on Monday to Mardin, Turkey. And then from there going to Georgia, going to Tbilisi, Georgia after 10 days in Mardin, Turkey. So he's like, oh, nice. You know, I think he was from somewhere in Spain, I believe. But he's asking me about my website. He's asking me about Vehicle Digest. He's asking me all these questions about what I do in America, what I'm doing traveling. And we have a conversation for about half the flight, which is about two hours. And again, the little boy is also ahead of me, kind of just staring at me. And I'm like, cool. A lot of attention on me, which kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety. But about halfway through the flight, it kind of settles down and... I take a quick nap and I'm listening to music and I do feel this same hunch I felt before checking into the flight at Pegasus check-in counter before the frustration that feeling or emotion that I can't quite explain starts to come back and it feels good it feels like what I was kind of explaining in the previous episodes of like this is where I need to be I deserve to be here like I whatever I earned it let's I, I don't I mean however I can best explain it it was a sense of belonging but on a much deeper level and I do have a word for it but I'm not I'm not going to use it because I think I'm still kind of unfolding that understanding of what this feeling had but it it felt very it felt destined almost and that may even be a far-fetched word to describe it but approaching Istanbul I was kind of hesitant to get a taxi or just I don't know how I was going to get to my hotel which was on a complete opposite side you understand Turkey or Istanbul's airports they have two which are like far outside the city limits and once I got to the airport I was kind of scrambling around baggage claim after I got my bags and this is past the point where I'm like shit I'm in a new country again I gotta figure out what to do what to see and, you know, I'm only here for a couple of days, so boom, let's figure it out. So I ended up getting a taxi with these other people, um, which kind of cut the cost. But nonetheless, the, the drive to the hotel was 
amazing because it was that night and I was looking at all these mosques and just the landscape and I saw the big tower I don't know what it's called in Istanbul but it's a very massive city it's big and that feeling I'd felt at the airport in Greece on an airplane almost started to kind of make its way through my peripheral and through my vision of what I started to see in terms of all the houses, buildings, cars, another big massive city to kind of unfold on my own terms and account. And this is just another beautiful city that, uh, you know, after the first night, you know, then just kind of walking through Fatih, stayed in Fatih the first weekend. Um, and by the second day, I, I said, you know, I don't think I want to leave this city. I think I want to stay here longer. So I ended up canceling my flight to Mardin, Turkey, canceling the hotel, canceling the flight from Mardin to Tbilisi, Georgia, canceling that hotel in Georgia as well. And I booked an apartment in the Anatolian side of Turkey. So I left that hotel in Fatih, which is on the Asian side, or I might be getting them mixed up, but they have an Asian side and European side because Turkey is separated by two different continents. So I ended up going to the other side after three days on the day I was supposed to leave for Mardin, Turkey, which is South Turkey next to Syria, which is where they apparently have a lot of terrorist attacks, but apparently it's also safe at the moment, but that wasn't reason. That wasn't the reason, far from the reason, in fact, why I didn't go to Mardin. I ended up staying in Turkey, getting a high-rise apartment that had amazing views. And again, this will, I'll have a link to the post I did with those views. And I stayed in that apartment for about two weeks. And it was on the 30th floor of a high rise with just the perfection of views. Had sunrise views, moonrise views. Um, there was also a track, a running track to the next of it. And this is actually the point of the, actually, ironically, the one of the runs I did from that high rise was the worst run I'd ever did because it was cold, which is okay, whatever. Cold is kind of normal for me, but the route I did just didn't have the right terrain. It was actually walked three miles of the run because there wasn't, the streets were so narrow and there were people I couldn't run. And I didn't want to run in the streets because it was just very inconvenient, but I'll, I'm not going to talk about that. The experience in Turkey for the first two weeks, or maybe two and a half weeks, was, you know, again, I didn't do any tourist stuff. This was purely me writing, meditating, and working out. Probably the more, one of the more blissful times of the trip considering I would meditate 30 floors up over Istanbul and kind of had this view of the city where 
if you've ever been in a point of meditation where you can kind of see your sight start to swirl, it was quite interesting. And then I had moved over to Katakoi. I stayed there for the final two weeks or two and a half weeks. Because again, I, I'm kind of leaving out a lot, but I got, I was trying to leave a lot sooner, but my trip to or my visa to India kept getting rejected for some technical reasons on their end. So to kind of make a long story short, I was, uh, I, I tell people I was stuck in Turkey, but for the most part, it was just kind of some technical difficulties and I was trying to get out sooner. I ended up being there, I think 40 days, almost a month and a half, but it was probably the best time because for about two weeks, I didn't know when I was going to leave. I was actually at a point where I was considering staying in Turkey until just coming back to Portland, maybe doing one more country. And I was just going to leave Mumbai, India or New Delhi, or also I was actually going to do Sri Lanka. Um, Cause this wasn't even on the, this time wasn't really mapped out. Like I was saying earlier, this was the point of the trip where, I mean, I had planned Tbilisi, Georgia and Martin, Turkey, just over the fact that they looked beautiful on Google images. And it was quite, it was rather inexpensive to fly to. So I was just kind of going with the flow in terms of clicking the button and what's more convenient to book at the moment. So when I actually got to this point physically, something else I took an over and maybe that was that emotion that I felt on the airplane or in the airport. And when I got to Turkey, I didn't want to leave or excuse me, I didn't, when I got to Istanbul, there was more I wanted to unfold. And it was just every day was a new adventure in terms of the food. Uh, they have a quite interesting layout of desserts. I mean, just the people are very nice in Istanbul. Katakoi was a nice area. I mean, just really, especially in Portland, I don't really feel that, you know, people enjoy kind of the scenery of being outdoors and next to water. This is the Bosphorus. I don't know if it's a sea. I think it's just the, uh, the strait or whatever. But also during this time, there was a war that started up north in uh, Kiev in Ukraine, which had nothing to do. People would ask me, do you hear bombs? I'm like, no, it's actually very far north close but very far north and it didn't really affect anyone's day-to-day -day that I saw obviously I'm a tourist so the hell do I know but it was also the point of the trip where I really got to embrace the loneliness and also felt the loneliness because not knowing what my next place was was kind of scary at moments really got to embrace the uncertainty of traveling alone. And every day I would run to kind of avoid that or work out or go somewhere where there's a lot of people. Cause everywhere I went, there was a lot of people. I would go to the water, just meditate by water. And I was okay with being there for another month or two before coming back to the States. Because if there was anywhere I would be feeling alone, 
it was going to be Istanbul because there was just a lot of people there that were quite curious of me a lot that in a way wasn't too judgmental that I felt kind of got used to it and the women are pretty and I did a lot of writing there both for Amuse and Tunes which is now on Amazon.com and on Vehicle Digest I think I got one of my better poetry writings while I was there I learned a lot about myself because like I said every place I had been kind of unfolded a deeper part of me that I would say I didn't know what was there or that I saw but there's no other place I would have seen it the way that I saw it. And every time I think of this whole entire trip, and maybe it's because I was there the longest and probably had the most lonely days, uncertainty of the days there, the deeper part of me is where I discovered that trip was in Istanbul. And I think, again, when I think about this trip, Istanbul is like probably the the highlight of the entire my year probably my entire year so far I mean obviously we're halfway done with the year who knows what could happen in the up and coming months but definitely Istanbul was people ask me what was the highlight I say Istanbul and then obviously from there probably Mumbai and then Egypt but it's, it's really why I embrace the uncertainty of where I was going to be because I should I, I didn't know for half the month I was there I, I did not know and eventually when they approved when India approved my visa it was somewhat a relief of the loneliness and uncertainty because I, I was really looking forward to Mumbai considering the Airbnb I'd gotten I was really, really looking forward to the being furthest on the opposite side of the earth. Like, I mean, Turkey's pretty damn far from Oregon, but India is a lot further. I mean, that was eight hours from, I think it was eight or nine hour flight from Turkey to Mumbai. It was quite cold when I got to, when I first got to Istanbul, it rained a lot. And then as the month went on, it did kind of get a little bit warmer. I think every day that I did exploring on my own without any tourist knowledge or, you know, tourist direction. The fact that I was able to kind of navigate on my own just through people, I think was what, what made that experience so much worthwhile. It was all me. Just the markets, the people, understanding their issues around racism, the perspectives that people have or the misperceptions of their own country and economy it's quite interesting 
it's a whole new world. I could probably do another podcast on this because I feel like I'm leaving a lot out, which I know I am. But that was probably the highlight of Travel Bud. And, and maybe I base it on one emotion, but it's true to who I am. I'll continue this around Istanbul, Turkey. Because I think that I kind of missed a big part in terms of understanding my self and the energy that one place carries on to the other without me knowing it. And that is me honing in and discovering my chi, my life force. Some people might call it swag or sauce, whatever. Doesn't fucking matter. It's energy. It's experience. But as I honed in on that through meditation from Egypt, Santorini, to Istanbul, India is likely where it really came to fruition. This is Bud Talks 355. Good morning, good evening, good night. Bye-bye.